0: Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life, a radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the Executive Director of Church Partnership Evangelism. It's our joy to bring these teachings to you from the Word of God. If you wish to learn more about our ministries abroad, go to traincpe.org, and to learn about our church fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Today we continue a consideration into Romans chapter 6 verses 2 through 5. Here Paul is directing our attention to the work of Jesus Christ in making us brand new people. The Christian is a new creation in Jesus Christ. What you might not know is that in order to make you a new person in Christ, Christ first had to put to death the old person that you were. But there's another work that takes place at the cross of Jesus Christ, and it's regeneration. It's this that Paul is talking about here, regeneration. And regeneration is where God gives us a new life. God comes and He makes us new creatures. And at the cross, the work of regeneration took place. In other words, all that was required for me to be justified took place at the cross. But you know, all that was required for you to be made new as a new creature took place at the cross as well. But it didn't just involve a new birth. You know, oftentimes when a person thinks of being born again, they think that, well, what happens when I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior at that moment... I, in a sense, became, and this is not wrong, at that moment, I was filled and imbued with the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Jesus brought to me His resurrected life, and I received the resurrection life, and we, in a sense, we trace the regenerate life, the new life we have in Christ, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we have to go back a little further. The new life begins at the cross, not at the empty tomb. It begins at the cross with Jesus because before there could be a new life in you, the old life in you had to be put to death. You had to die. And Paul is saying here that regeneration began when the old man you were died in Christ, was put to death in Christ. And when Jesus died in some wonderful, profound way, you died as well. And so the original Greek word here in 2 verse B, where it says, we who have died, that is a verb have died in the aorist tense and it speaks of a clear definite point in the life of the believer who puts his faith in Jesus Christ where they died to sin it wasn't an act of their self-discipline it wasn't an act of their self-reformation it wasn't learning how to somehow stifle themselves over and over again until eventually they choked themselves out right this was a moment a decisive moment in which they died to sin so that they can say, we are dead to sin. And that moment took place when Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago. This is the wonderful part, it's a hard part, it's a a mystery. But the mystery here is that somehow in the moment in which I put my faith in Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, who offered up His sacrifice for me once for all, I am, my life, my existence, my old self that rules and reigns with me at that moment is transported into the cross of Christ. And in Christ, because I believed and trusted in Him, I meet Him in His death on the cross. And I die with Him there on the cross. And then I receive from Him new life. His resurrected life comes pouring out through me. But something about this is very real. It's justification is this objective reality where God pays the penalty for my sin and then he covers me in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And it's this objective truth. I don't necessarily experience it. But on this other side, regeneration, it's a subjective thing. It's something God does that changes the essence of who I am. It's not something that just covers me. It changes the essence of who I am. What happens is the old man I was dies and I become a whole new creature in Jesus Christ. My life of holiness goes from there. And so what Paul uses here to explain this are three phrases of experience. They are things that are experiential. They're things that impact your life. They're not just legal terms. You can be adopted and not know it, right? You can be forgiven, actually, and not know it. The Bible says we're seated right now in Jesus Christ in heavenly places, doesn't feel like it, right? You can be covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, doesn't always look like it. But it's true, if I put my faith in Him. But when you're regenerate and born again, it shows up because the very fabric of your being is changed. It's changed. And so Paul is talking about this dramatic experiential change. And believe it or not, it doesn't come the moment you come in touch with the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. He says it comes in the moment by faith in which you come in contact with the death of Jesus Christ. And when you come into Christ, you go into His death. Something in you dies. He describes it in three ways with three words. We're going to look at it in verses 3, 4, and 5. And the first thing he says is this in verse 3. We were baptized into his death. We were baptized into his death. The word there literally means to immerse. We were immersed into Christ's death. And so when a person gives their life to Jesus Christ, prior to this, Paul has been describing how individuals, unsaved individuals before they come to Christ are in Adam. And death is reigning in Adam, and sin is reigning in Adam. And then he describes the believer who, through faith, is now in Christ. He's a new creature. He's in Christ. And you are, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, as really in Christ right now as you are in the world. But there's a difference. The Bible says the things of this world are passing away. They're passing away. But the Son will abide forever. The world is going to pass away under God's judgment just like the world was inundated with a flood so many years ago at Noah's time. But Jesus is the ark. And you're in the ark in the midst of the world, and you will be with him forever and ever. You are in him, very really in Christ. And in this wonderful identity with Jesus Christ, you are baptized into his life. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let me read to you verses 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, we're given an example of this identity we have in Christ. It's speaking about the nation of Israel as they were brought into a deep, profound identity and experience, a bonding experience with Moses. You might remember the story that the nation of Israel has come down to the Red Sea. God's own Shekinah presence is blazing like a fire before them. Then the Red Sea is parted as the Egyptian armies are coming against them. And they follow through the Red Sea covered by this cloud of God's Shekinah glory presence leading them through the Red Sea, and they follow Moses through the Red Sea to the other side, and they walk out from their slavery. And Verses 1 and 2 says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, that's the Shekinah glory, and all passed through the sea, that's the heaped up waters of the Red Sea, just imagine what that was like. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All of you were immersed by that experience into an identity with Moses that was profound, in which, as a result, Moses became their leader. Moses became their guide. Moses became the one they turned to and looked to. It was an immersive experience of the Israelites in which they were identified with and bonded to Moses as their leader. In this passage that we're reading right now, Paul is telling us that we are immersed into Jesus Christ. But he says that we're not just immersed into Jesus Christ. It says we are immersed into his death. Somehow, when Christ died, I was put into him and into that death, and his death became my death and was as real an experience as if I had been an Israelite who had walked with Moses through the Red Sea. I was just as really baptized and immersed into the dying of Jesus Christ on the cross as those Jews and Israelites were, in a sense, immersed to and built into a bonded identity with Moses as they walked through the waters of the Red Sea. One commentator has put it this way. By trusting in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we were, by an unfathomable mystery, taken back 2,000 years, as it were, and made to participate in our Savior's death. Baptized into his death. The next thing he says, in verse 4 is, we were buried with him through baptism and death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Now, you know when you want to carry on a conversation and you've tried to bring it into a certain conversation, maybe you've had some disagreement with somebody and you've gone over the issue over and over again and you finally felt like it's been resolved and it comes back and they bring the issue up, you say, wait, that, that, that issue's dead, right? You say that issue's dead. No, you have to go stronger than that. You say, that issue is dead and buried right? It's not good enough to be dead. We buried that. The Word here takes us together with Christ, and not only we die with Him on the cross, we go in the grave with Him where we're buried with Him. And now the anticipation is buried into that cross that we are going to rise with Him out of the grave. But first, our first contact, here's the point, our first contact with the Savior In this new life that anticipates resurrected life is we go into the grave with him and we're buried with him as well. So something about who we are, something that we are in faith is buried with Christ in the grave. And then the third thing we find here in verse 5. In verse 5 it says that we were united with Christ. You see that it says we have been united with Christ in his death. And the word united there is the word and and it means to be planted together. And so the image here now is having been buried, but it's like it's like a seed that's been planted into the ground and buried into the ground and then it's what happens with it? It it comes forth not as what it was when it went into the ground, it comes forth as a shoot, this plant that rises up that bears fruit and Just as we were buried into the grave, and yet what comes out of the grave that was buried with Christ is not the body that went into it, but the glorified life, the resurrected life that comes out of the tomb. So we go into the ground buried together with Him, it says. United together means put together like a seed in the ground with Him. Nor that we might come forward as a new planting and a new life. Baptism... What happens in baptism? We go into the water, expressing our complete surrender and submission to Christ, and we rise out of the water in His resurrection life, and we are baptized in His death in order that we might come out of the rivers of death into life. We are buried in order that we might experience His resurrection life. We are planted in the earth in order that we might come out. Do you see the point? There is a dying and there is a living that comes in this that's being referred to. It's being expressed to us. When Jesus Christ died on the cross... He took something of ourselves and nailed it to the cross with him, and we died with him. So here's our application. Again, I'm speaking to the person who's born again, the person who's a professed believer in Jesus Christ. And this may seem somewhat controversial to you, and I'm not going to be able to unpack this this week entirely, but I'll, I'll have to give you time to process it and think about it. But there was something that was you, that was you that died at the cross with Jesus Christ that died in him, and that death was real. It's not a theoretical thing, it's not an objective thing, it's not a forensic thing, it's not a legal term. It's speaking of an actual experienced thing that changed who you are. The question is what died? Well, at the moment of faith in Jesus Christ, God took the fallen, sinful, spiritually corrupted, old person that was tarnished and depraved in spirit and exists in all the children of disobedience, that was you, He took your sin nature and God nailed it to the cross of Jesus Christ. And the person you were died with Jesus. You were baptized into him at death. You were buried with him at the cross. You were united with him in that planting at death. And at that time, your old self, your old nature, that sinful person you once were, once and for all was done away with. You died. That's what he's saying. You died. It's been crucified. He doesn't say you crucify it. You work at it. You just keep crucifying yourself over and over again. You just keep dying to yourself over and over again. You just keep... Tr- he doesn't say it. He says it died. It died. And in fact, you'll see this over and over again. Whenever you read the passages that talk about the old man, it doesn't refer to it. There are some translations that are not good. If you look at it, the, tr- the verb is always in the aorist. It's speaking of something that happened in the past that was definite and solid and firm that has continuing impact on the way we live from here on out. So on the cross, your old self died, your sin nature died, and the Christian no longer, and this is the part that might be startling to you, does not have, in a sense, a sin nature. Thank you for joining us at the Bread of Life, where we gather to feast on God's Word, If these messages are feeding your soul, let us know. Go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links to contact us with a message of encouragement. Until the next time, may God bless you.